Welcome to My Presence Reclaimed. My name is Trinity, aka Infinite Abundance, and this is a show where we discuss many aspects of healing ourselves, mind, body, and soul, where we learn to reclaim our lives, reclaim our truth, how to speak up for ourselves boldly, and how to be ourselves, mind, body, and soul authentically and unapologetically. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, you beautiful souls of earth. My name is Trinity, aka Infinite Abundance, and today I have a super, super great episode that I have been really excited to give to you guys. I got to sit down and talk with Lucy Lampy. She is a sexual liberation and transformation coach. She has a TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, OnlyFans, and her content has truly helped me on my path to my own personal liberation. So I'm really excited to have gotten to sit with her and share this time with you guys as well. So thank you all so much for sharing this time with me. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of My Presence Reclaimed. Have a great day. Stay hydrated and stay blessed. All right. Welcome, Lucy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to get to spend this time with you and really excited to get to share this time with the viewers as well, because I've been getting so many questions around sexual healing. So when I was doing all my research around content creators I wanted to bring onto the podcast, you immediately came to my mind and I'm super glad that I went through with it. So how would you describe your job and how you connect with your clients? Well, so what I do, I basically help people connect with more of their sexual energy and cultivate more of that. And not just for their sex lives, but really to fuel everything in their lives. So the way that I look at it is that what's happening within our sexuality and within the bedroom or within our relationship in that context, um, even just with ourselves, is a reflection of everything else in our lives. Um, because that's the source of our, our, it's our life force energy, our creative energy. It's the juice in life. So what I do is I help people to connect with that. That's beautiful. That's it's such a, um, honestly, a brave line of work because there's a, there's a lot of healing to be done. And that's, it's a very vulnerable thing. And to have people like that trust you to open up with you in that way and like to connect with you and allow you to see those vulnerable parts of themselves. It's just, I can only imagine the like emotional impact. <laughs> it's, it's so fulfilling. And the thing is that I, I kind of teetered on the edge of full on going into this specific niche for years, but it was recurring, like, like the most common and the most needed area of coaching that all of my clients we're there for. So I'm like, why, why don't we just like go all in? We're going to call this what it is. And I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> Your content where you were uh, dancing on the pole in that, in that small room with, I can't remember if there was a mirror on the wall or not, but I remember seeing one of those videos and I was just watching and I was so mesmerized with specifically, I was like, I remember looking at your feet and I was like, cause I've always uh-huh. like had a feet have always like weirded me out, but your feet looked graceful in this. And I was like, this oh, is a new thanks. level of like femininity that I've never like experienced in this way. So I was like, it was, ah. it was super weird. Like I was just like, this I is love that. beautiful. But I was that <laughs> that immediately made me want to ask you, like, how did your sexual healing change your idea of femininity? 
oh my god it, it had everything to do with it <laughs> and they, so first i want to i want to say um thanks for saying that about my feet because <laughs> it's one of those things that as someone who who used to be very very uh embodying more of my masculine energy. And I don't even want to call it that because it wasn't even in a healthy way. It was like, I needed to overcompensate and prove something and prove that like anything that the guys could do, I could do. I could also lift over 200 pounds and, you know, (laughs) compete in the martial arts. And and that's beautiful as a part of my journey. It's like, it's, it's beautiful. Um, but in all of that, I really beat up my feet. Like my feet took a beating. My, uh, my, I've lost toenails. I've like, it's it's probably I think yeah it's the part of my body that I have liked the least and so for you to say that about my feet I'm like oh yay feet yay yay feet beautiful feet <laughs> I'm gonna have a whole new appreciation for you know Tarantino's feet scenes <laughs> I'm like I didn't ever have a foot fetish but I've met people who have I'm like yes you can touch my feet go ahead <laughs> so yeah I've always been like freaked out because like I'm like I'm five seven and a half now I think and so I've always been like extremely tall so I've always had bigger feet and people have always teased me for it and I'm like if I had any smaller feet I literally like topple over what do you want you from me <laughs> proportionate right oh my god so it's like a lot of that it's like when, we, when you when you start to unravel like what what is what does femininity even look like and you begin to take ownership of all those things, like the size of your feet. And I was super weird about my nose and my nipples, especially after having kids, like all these things yeah. that were like, this isn't what a woman should look like or like a feminine woman. And so it's, it's really a lot of this is releasing the shame that we have around, <laughs> around what we think isn't good enough or things that we have thought are even bad or yeah. in the context that I grew up in you know, sinful or lustful or just ungodly or, you know, like pleasure. No, that's not, that's not your design. When literally our bodies were designed for that when we're born, we're, 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 we're trying to find ways to continue that bliss and that connection and that pleasure. So anyway, a lot of that is really releasing the shame and returning back to who we are. And that looks different for everyone. So there's no like one singular picture of this is um, what a woman should should be or in the world. That <clears throat> brings up a question that I didn't write down, but it popped in my head. How would you help someone who is male or more masculine in how they present and how they feel connecting with their femininity? Oh, this is beautiful. Um, because my husband has been going through this journey for years now. And um, as much as I think we like to collectively paint this picture of toxic masculinity, right? Like the guys no feelings and I just want to watch sports and drink beer and and fuck, you know, like it's just, (laughs) and and it's so, (laughs) it's, it's also so I honestly unnatural it's just not the essence of who men are either so within all of us you know we have the the feminine and and masculine energies and so I have found that there is as much work for the men to do in healing their feminine and integrating their feminine as it is to um, embody a healthy masculine and so one of one of the biggest things that have helped I'm going to use my husband as an example Ryan has been actually letting himself dance 
you would be astonished at how vulnerable it is for men to dance yeah. all by themselves. <laughs> like not like a choreography, like I'm a hip hop dancer and I'm yeah. a cool dancer, but like just free flowing. <laughs> yeah, like letting themselves be quote unquote feminine, whatever they think that that looks like in their minds. Like, no, that's too girly. That's too womanly. And in letting himself have those experiences, it's been so healing for him. He's been able to actually blossom into his masculine where he can hold that container for me and he can um, lead and he can hold that safety. How now is, I, I haven't done a whole lot of research into <clears throat> y'all's dynamic in BDSM. Is he your dominant? Are you his submissive? We don't have one singular ongoing dynamic. So I know we know that for a lot of people, it works out better that way, or they prefer that where one just really wants to stay in that and, and in each role. But we really, we're both pretty fluid. So we like to switch it up. So technically we would both be switches, okay. considered switches. Um, but actually we both enjoy submitting more. So for us, the, the, um, the expansion has been in stepping outside of our comfort zones and actually learning how to lovingly lead. And that doesn't mean like I'm going to dominate you and you're going to do what I say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but leading and dominating is giving. It's all giving. And so with both of us having come from experiences that we felt starved, like, you know, like childhoods and stuff where we felt starved from that genuine um, love and being seen and being cared for and somebody really leading us with our consent, with that trust, uh, with that foundation of trust and safety. We, we both wanted that more than, more than taking the lead. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much where I'm at with my partner too. Yeah. We're both pretty, that, that sounds a lot like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the more that we've owned that and, and been able to um, integrate these parts of ourselves that we had disowned, which is, you know, it's all the, the good shadow work stuff. Um, the more we've been able to genuinely and eagerly lead. So therefore we both like to do both and we're, we're, it just depends on what, what we're feeling, yeah. um, what the needs are. If, if someone's under a little bit more stress that needs to kind of unwind a bit more. I'm going to predict <laughs> So what has your self-healing journey looked like for you? And like, what was the thing, your wake-up call that made you go like, oh, I need to heal. <laughs> ah, yeah, the wake-up call. Oh, so there have been several along the way, but the biggest one when it comes to this particular part is um, when my husband had these like mysterious injuries it wasn't like he was in an accident or had some like big surfing incident or something. He was just, he was a very active guy. He's a veteran. He's always very like rock solid in his body and took a lot of pride in his body. Um, it was a big, big part of his identity. And, um, and he just started to have these pains all over his body and they got worse and nobody could figure it out. And all the specialists kept, you know, sending him to different specialists. And this went on for about two and a half years. And, um, and he got really, he went into a really dark place. He got really depressed. He was disabled from doing a lot of things that he would do in normal day-to-day -day life. And so 
I was, and at that time he was supposedly the stay at home parent. So I was working, but it was like I had a fifth child and also had to manage how the kids are going to get taken care of um, and, you know, earn all of the money that we need to support six people in Southern California. So it was, it was a really stressful time. My body actually started to, I started to develop an autoimmune disorder and that kept me from sleeping at night. I would wake up just with like sores all over my body and bloody bed sheets and pillows. And it was just, it was, it was hell. Like if there's hell in life, I, that was my hell. And um, so it was, that, that was the big wake up call. It was like, I can't keep doing things the way that I've done them. Like being, I, it, it was this whole existential crisis of like, but I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? I've done all the right things. I'm, I'm volunteering and I'm, I'm going to church. I'm, you know, doing, doing all the right things. Like, why is God doing this to me? And so that started the whole process of really looking deeper and um, letting myself see the pain that I had been covering up for my life, my whole life. And um, so that was the first few years were really messy. It was a lot of just a lot of uh, working through triggers, a lot of waking up. And in that process too, Ryan starting his process of all of this. And when you have two people trying to navigate their traumas and their childhood things and they're being activated by each other constantly. Like it's just, it, it was really fucking messy. Um, so that's, that's how that started. And it's just been a continual process. Like we're each doing, uh, we each continue to do our own work and figure out, okay, this doesn't work. This does work. Okay. You're not responsible for my happiness. How do I take ownership of my own well-being while I also set boundaries so and ask for what I want? Yeah, that's a big part too. The asking, yeah. physically doing the speaking. Like actually I've, asking. Is so many it's clients so are like, you know, I, well, my body language is like, I'm like, no, no, no. Body no, language, no, no. not words. My, my attitude, yeah. no, 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 no. Attitude, not words. <laughs> yeah, like clearly communicating is so vulnerable because then you might be rejected. You might be shut down and that triggers all these abandonment things all these attachment things so yeah yeah how has sexual healing like evolved your guys's relationships going from like especially with people who've dealt with with different types of trauma trying to help each other and themselves like where did sexual healing come into the mix so here's what we've discovered and um and then eventually also discovered that this applies to so many more people than just us, <laughs> that the things that we tend to carry the most shame and repress the most and feel the most like disgusting about and just like, ugh, you know, that we reject the most in ourselves are within our sexuality, within our desires. Um, things like are also our fantasies and our kinks. So actually that was what really opened the door for us to begin healing in this area alone and together, but especially together, um, was actually exploring and sharing uh, our fantasies and our kinks and the things that we were so scared that the other person would just reject 
reject us for. Um, so that it's like, you think of it as like this um, container where you can explore in the most judgment-free and safe way, because it's like you have these ground rules and you get to share, you get to, you get to express these parts of yourselves in that space. And then whatever comes up from that, whatever triggers, whatever, like, ooh, I'm totally judging you for that, or you're too much for me, or are you serious? Like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> you get to navigate those things as they come up, and there are those moments. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah, but that's really what lets you, the, the greater the risk, the greater the reward, right? So the more uh, we have opened up in our vulnerability um, sexually, the more we can really see each other and connect with each other and have a, a deeper trust. It is, it is um, a whole new level of, of trust. And as a person who like, who I don't trust issues my entire life, I never would have imagined myself opening up on a, on a sexual level, but it has most definitely like helped me work through trust outside of the bedroom in a more radical way. Let's just- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a reflection again of like everything else. It's yeah just, it's, it's the playground it's the healing space <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> what is a tip that you would give to someone who is a little bit on the fence about whether sexual healing is something for them on their journey mm, like a tip if they wanted to get started yeah like I get a lot of people asking me all the time about like how do I know if it's right for me or and I kind of tell them you know trial and error is really the best way to go with really anything <laughs> yeah yeah well I would say that um everyone there's not a single person that doesn't need sexual healing and that doesn't mean that they have to have had some big trauma or um or sexual abuse or any like big looming thing that happened in their lives it's simply because we live in the world that we live in. That is enough to need some level of sexual healing. The way that um, we, the way that we experience what a woman should be like, what a man should be like, what it means to, to be feminine and masculine and all these things is so distorted. And I, I, I always stay away from, from the words wounded, but sometimes it just, that's the best way to describe it. That the, 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 the mother wound and the father wound are so deep in our world that there, there's not a single person that I know that I've ever met who is untouched by it. So it, it, it may not mean that they have to do a big, um, see the way that this manifests is different for everybody. So the answer would be different. What, what they're asking you. What are they experiencing that this particular thing is manifesting as? For example, for some people, they will, um, for women, let's just, let's just talk about women for now. For some women, they will, they will feel no sensation in their vaginas. Like they'll have numb vaginas. Some women will have um, a lot of period problems, cycle issues. Um, different things going on in their bodies and their hormones or in um, feeling um, uncomfortable when they're having sex. Like these are the body's cues to do whatever level of work they need to do. 
Like it's it's not me personally. I'm not I'm not gonna prescribe something for everybody and say, here, you need to see a public floor specialist and you need to see a sexual therapist. Right. But that's that's their particular their, their specific journey. But just to pay one of the big things that they can do right off the bat is notice what's happening in their bodies. Do they feel full permission to receive pleasure? Do they struggle to orgasm? Do they feel ashamed masturbating? Do they, do they um, feel distrusting of any partner? That, not any partner, just, I, mean, I mean, like, do they in general have this distrust that they can't like surrender in sex? So these are all things that, that people can begin to notice and say, okay, well, what's the vision? For me, I, because of the different challenges and the pains, and the restrictions and the feelings of shame and heaviness and like weirdness around my body. My vision was to feel liberated in my body, to feel completely free to receive pleasure. And that also, by the way, opened up the, the channel to receive in other ways, like money and relationships, and friendships and beautiful experiences and just all kinds of other stuff. So it's not limited to just what's happening in the bedroom, but again, that will reveal so much more about what's happening in that person's energy and in their bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's, it's really interesting in the way that, you know, everything reflects and manifests in our life. And that actually reminded me of one of your TikToks where you were talking about um, negative, like, views of sex in your childhood yeah. manifesting in your physical body. I would like to hear more about that because that was intriguing. Yeah. So again, that can be so different. I'm in each person, each body will respond differently for me. Um, the way that it, it looked in my body was feeling this, like just feeling weird in my body, feeling unsafe in my body. Like, Oh, I can't wear, I can't be sexy, whatever that even means, because I'm going to make somebody else uh, I'm going to get unwanted attention or I'm going to make somebody else stumble. And then if something happens to me, it's my fault. That is the bullshit that we were fed by society and a lot of religion. It's the truth is we're all responsible for ourselves. In fact, you know, you really want to get into that. And the Bible says, gouge out your own eyes. If you're looking at, at women in that way, at people in that way. So all this, all this to say that, um, it can manifest differently, A, and then B, for me, um, I felt, I felt um, just generally unsafe in my body, like I wasn't able to release, relax fully into the pleasure, so when we would be having sex, I would feel like, oh, let's just hurry up and get this over with, like it's good enough, let's just make it like the bare minimum good enough so that he's satisfied, everybody comes, like we're fine, just let's get this done, okay, how many days has it been, check, 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 and like missing out on so much, like what, like that is not the point. And not only that, but I also had a lot of numbness and discomfort in my vagina. So there were so many parts of my body that were not activated until I began doing the work in myself. On your YouTube video, there was a post about de-armoring your pussy. And yeah. is that kind of like what that is correlating with, like activating different parts of your body? Yeah, yeah. That is definitely one way to do it. That's something that I um, talk about quite a bit on the YouTube channel. And so that is, 
essentially teaching your body safety. So creating a safe container for your body to begin to open up. And especially when like the whole yoni area, right? It's not just like the vulva, the vagina, it's the womb, this whole like sacred space, right? When you, when it begins to open up, like it, let's put it this way, it won't open up unless it is safe to do so. So if there is some, if you physically don't feel safe in your environment, that's one thing, right? But if also if you don't feel safe in your own mind because of the beliefs that say you shouldn't be touching yourself, you should always save yourself for that person. You're a slut, you're, you're a bad girl. What, whatever those words, those stories are, that constricts the body, that constricts that energy. And so naturally your body's response is, this is unsafe, I'm going to do what I can to keep it from happening to make it uncomfortable for you or painful for you or just not worth the time for you. So in what um, these de-armoring sessions, what you do is you begin to slowly reconnect with these parts of your body. And there's no, there's no agenda, there's no forcing, there's no, I have to do this by session five. You're, you show up and you're present with that energy. And when you feel that tension, you actually lean into it just a little bit and you allow it to release. And a lot of this too is um, sending intentional energy, loving energy into these different tense parts of your body. Kind of like envisioning melting butter. That's one of the things we do in the dearmoring process. And over time, women notice that they, can, they begin to feel more. That's really interesting. But also like I immediately got the image of like all those like crystal like sex toys and stuff or like, yeah, all, like the rose quartz and stuff. Yes. Like yes. I recommend. <laughs> I actually use the glass blown ones. That's that's what I what I've worked with the most. Um a glass is pretty neutral. You can infuse it with whatever your intentions and your energies are that you want to put into it. Really cool. <clears throat> what would you say um to like someone who wants to be a part of healing their sexual energy but identifies as asexual and doesn't want to be made to feel like they are broken or something yeah. needs to be fixed about them yeah yeah well that's the big thing right there is to go into it with the mindset of just exploring exploring play and curiosity like not just for asexual people but for anybody if you go into it with a mentality of like, I need to fix this and then I'll be done. And then I can move on, like check. It's again, missing the point. Like there is, there is, um, I, and, and that's why I, when I, as I keep working with people, we shift the language from sexual healing to sexual reclamation and liberation because that feels so much more open. Whereas healing can feel like uh, I just want to get better already. Like yeah, just I'm hearing the difference between that made me feel something. <laughs> yeah, it feels freeing. It feels like possibility. It feels yeah. like aliveness instead of just let me survive, like heal enough to just be normal again. Right. We're not going back to normal. We're creating something new that you have never experienced before. Something truly powerful and divine and out of this world because that's what we're really craving at our deepest core on the cellular level that's what sexual healing gives you. So what they can do is really the same thing. It's the same thing. It's moving, move your body, let your body make sounds, use your breath, 
And then you can channel that energy into whatever you're creating in your life. If it's a business, if it's a book, if it's relationships, if it's um, just what, whatever, whatever, it's your life force energy. You choose where you're going to direct it. It doesn't have to be into sex. Now, for those of us who do enjoy sex or once did enjoy sex and then felt like what happened, where did it go? Then you can get that back. That's, it's all so interesting to me, <laughs> like the way that yeah. we as like beings can go through so much and feel so like tiny and meek and minuscule in every single way. And you can literally be like at rock bottom, be like, ah, ah, ah. Like, no, we have like, uh, we have a whole new direction we can go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's in those, in those biggest breakdowns that the biggest breakthroughs happen. Really? If we just keep going. Yeah. See, well, we honestly answered a lot of these questions just through that conversation. <laughs> Truly. We, okay. Here's a fun one. What is an unpopular Ooh. opinion that you have about the BDSM community? Um, about the BDSM community. Ooh, I haven't thought about this. Unpopular. What would be unpopular? Okay, I know. Okay, okay. This. That whatever your position is has to be fixed. For example, what like if you're dominant, you're dominant. You're submissive, you're submissive. Like there's that's just who you are. But what I've experienced, and again, not just with myself, but with people that I've worked with and people that I know also, a lot of them in the, in the what we call the conscious kink community, um, as you do integrate more parts of yourself and give yourself permission to be who you are, other things tend to open up. So it's, it's more fluid than than we think and I mean like kinks and like versions of ourselves morph and evolve you know over time so yeah. like, there's so much of it that you know we might think you know oh that would never interest me or I'd never do something like that and be like oh, well <laughs> yeah well and also there's this temptation to overanalyze it and be like well I only want to call him daddy because I was an abandoned child like yeah. just let it be what it is you know <laughs> And actually in the, in, in a lot of times in um, exploring those kinks and sometimes playing them out, it, that is an incredibly healing release. And sometimes just the energy activation that you need to move through whatever it is that's happening beneath the surface. Yeah. And then you might still enjoy that thing just in a different way or at a different level. Um, but it feels more expansive instead of like constricting. I've just um, made a whole lot of things make sense for me on a on a, uh, on a level that has some shadow work to do now. <laughs> and just again, like a curiosity, playfulness, no like punitive. Ah, I need to go fix this shit now. You know, yeah. if I don't do it, then I am not healed or conscious enough to like manifest right? or you know something yeah. like that. I'm not awakened enough. I'm not. Uh, yeah. People worried about, you know, healing every, like, I wonder if they don't think I'm woke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I will have arrived. No, no, no. Oh That's the gosh. point of the human thing is to have the journey, not to, there's no arriving. You arrive, you're dead. Congratulations. You're by one with source again <laughs> and outside of human bodies. <laughs> How has going through 
transforming your energy and liberating yourself. I don't even want to use the word healing, sexually healing anymore. <laughs> sexually liberating yourself. <laughs> How has this affected your relationship with your inner child? Oh my God. It's the most beautiful thing. Okay. Now the first memory, this is, this is such an interesting conversation. Okay. I'm glad <laughs> you went there. Um, the first memory that I have, clear memory as a child, I was, I was somewhere between four and five and I was in the back seat and I was just very curiously touching myself. And my father saw from the, the rear view mirror and he was like, oh, that's gross. Like, that's, that's, that's disgusting, isn't it? It's like, you smell weird, isn't it? And I just felt like I wanted to disappear into the cracks of the seat. Like, I was like, I'm bad. Like something that I'm doing is wrong. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting this ashamed response. He disapproves. And, um, and I just, I remember a lot of the shame that I felt, a lot of the rejection that I felt was around again, living in a girl's body and what kind of woman I would need to become to be good enough for my mom, for my dad, for God, for people around me. And so um, doing this work as an adult has liberated my inner child as well. So she just gets to be playful and she gets to create and she feels again, more expansive and open and, and full of hope and possibility instead of afraid to be bad. Even if it's not directly in a sexual way. Yeah. That's really beautiful. That makes me so happy for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's one. And I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know if you want if you want to go there, but let's go there. How <laughs> has this journey affected your ego in regards to internalized misogyny? Oh, that's interesting. I feel like that might be a lot to unpack. I think on a, on a basic level, hmm, how has it impacted my, and yeah, well, see, it's forced me to unpack a lot of my internalized misogyny, to, to ask myself, like, why do I think this needs to be this way? Where did I learn that? Where did I learn that, that this was my role or this was my uh, uh, preferred way to express myself or show up as a woman as a mother so i wish i had a specific example um actually like being uh, submissive is a good one because you know a lot of times we, we in society in our world we feel like women women are told like uh, or at least i heard the messages growing up you know women should not be in leadership they should you know you should not be heard your voices don't matter that you know all, all these messages right so we internalize those messages i did um so in exploring the within the safe container of kink with a trusted partner allowing myself to fully submit and surrender trusting that this person really does have my best interest we've communicated boundaries and consent we have safe words we have all these things it actually help, has helped me to reclaim my agency and my power. Because it's really, when you're in that situation, the, um, 
the submissive really has the power. They're the ones who are setting the frame and the dominant are, are like holding that container. They're creating the container, but you're actually holding the frame. I know that can feel a little bit, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I have this conversation with people as a submissive myself all yeah. the time. I have a yeah. little, I have a little bit of a, a different view. I mean, like I actually talked about this on my on a post a little while ago. I think it's you know I kind of bullshit to debate about who has power because ultimately a dominant can remove consent just as quickly yeah. as submissive can. I fell into yeah, this true. like debate on TikTok, you know, as a submissive, because people would say I was less than because I was submitting to a man. Uh, and I was uh-huh, like, no, uh-huh. this is a choice for my power and for my healing, yes. my liberation. Yes. And so yes. like when people would tell me that it was one person having the power, it was me, that kind of like made me yeah. feel weird because I was like, no, because that's that's not how the dynamic feels or works. But I also am not giving all my power away. It is it is shared he can cancel that contract and be like nope you nope this is my line he can change boundaries so I mean yeah that's just personally how I see it you get to choose you get to choose and he gets to choose yeah so you know in that in those in that context you both come to an agreement and if at any point something is it feels off or you just don't want to continue or you're just like you know what never mind anybody gets to change your mind at any point a yes can become a no for either person. You're not required or obligated to maintain your yes. So I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying about that. There's just um, a lot of times, just like you said, people will give um, someone in a submissive position shit about submitting to a man when actually I I find it very powerful. I, I personally find it more powerful to submit to Ryan than to dominate him. Just, it just, that's how I feel about it. But I also enjoy dominating him. Just in oh, a different yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, that's the, my, my friend Danny all the time says the, the switches live the best life. They get a little, you know, taste of this world, a little taste of this world. Yeah. And you're right. It is completely liberating. I think, it, I mean, I've never submitted to a woman. I mean, I'm totally down. But, uh, oh, I, have, never... I have, and it's a different experience. I will tell you, it is beautiful. And we both learned a lot from that. <laughs> that we activated I'm... in both of us. <clears throat> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> there would be like there would be these times where I would feel like bad for like submitting to a man but I was like babe to myself like in this moment like collared up and everything I was like babe like out of all the men in the world you trust him like there is a difference he is not the man he's Mm -hmm. a man and that's when like a lot of my own internalized misogyny like really like blew my own mind Because yeah. I, I realized that I was seeing man as villain and as, you know, predator. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, right. that's not what I was trying to do. And then this yeah. other amazing creator, his name is Kadara on Instagram and TikTok. Um, he, he talks a lot about sexual, he- sexual liberation and like <laughs> claiming back your power. And he ended up talking on this day that I had this epiphany, right? Divine timing where he was talking about like, I don't care if you're triggered by me, like being the villain and saying like, men is not the bad guy. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's how you do your healing towards your wounds that other men in your life caused you. That does not make all man the problem. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And that can help you to heal your relationship with men, with how you view men. Yes. Definitely did for me because if we villain like we villainize them, then and and we 
we get to um, heal so much relationally. There's, there's, there's some things that really can only be healed, I believe, within the context of relationship and not necessarily a romantic relationship, but just relationship with other human beings. Yeah, I realized like I had a lot of like fear of being around men in general. Like, mm -hmm. so after I started like opening myself up to realizing like men aren't all bad and they don't all want to hurt me and all want to, you know, rip my clothes off at the drop of a hat, you know, it yeah. made even going to the grocery store an entirely different experience. And I realized that as I changed my perspective of men, I stopped seeing threats in every single yeah. man that was around me. So going to the grocery store and walking down an aisle and a man being the only one who's passing me wasn't, oh my God, he's going to kill you. He's going to pull a knife and he's going to try and like yeah. rip your panties off. Like it wasn't yeah. all of that. It was just, he's a man trying to get to the Pringles, just like you. And he's trying to get to the checkout and get home to his family. And you don't need to see a threat just because he has a penis. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That Absolutely. was hard. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's a big intended. one. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe it wasn't hard and we expected it to be. <laughs> we assumed it would be. Yeah. Right. So that's oh my god. That's the thing. That's the part about just feeling unsafe in a woman's body. That we just, you know, we've like every like men are a threat. Yeah. It, it doesn't just, help that so our much own that. government tries to, you know, revoke our own rights to our bodies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much there's just so much. Um, well, yeah. I honestly think that covered like all of the questions just naturally <laughs> and i love that except for the last one how can someone reach you in order to learn from you and communicate with you if they feel drawn to connecting with you on their own journey well um i do keep everything updated on my website it's lucylampy.com and um also just at the 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 link in my tiktok or my instagram those also stay up to date. So any new courses, um, coaching options, discovery calls, uh, YouTube channel, all that stuff will be on, on there. Perfect. I definitely have been staying up to date with your content ever since I found out <laughs> my For You page and I recommend it Yay! to anyone. <laughs> like all, <laughs> all of your platforms are amazing and have truly inspired Thank me and you. helped me on my journey. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your gifts and your journey in such a vulnerable, beautiful way with the entire world. Like just from thank healer you. to healer, like, thank you. <laughs> yes. yes, it is a pleasure. All right. For those of you who uh, stayed with us through this episode of My Presence Reclaimed, I appreciate you all very much. Thank you for sharing this time with me, and I hope to catch you on the next episode um, that is undecided as of topic. So if you would like to leave suggestions, you can email me or leave it in the comments down below. Have a great day. Stay hydrated. Stay blessed. And remember, kindness is motherfucking free.